This episode of Behind the Bots is brought to you by Fingertech Robotics, North America's top manufacturer of combat robotics parts. If you're interested in building your first combat robot, check out Fingertech's Viper Kit, which includes everything you need to build a fully functional, competitive ant weight. Fingertech also carries a complete line of wheels, hubs, motors, and other components if you want to build a bot from the ground up. Check them out online at www.fingertechrobotics.com. living rooms as we practice safe social distancing this is behind the bots the podcast that brings you the stories of the builders behind battle bots i'm chris i'm luke i'm Lindsay, and i'm kyle and today on the podcast an abbreviated episode that's right no builder interview this week due to the fourth of july holiday we'll still wrap up the show with this week's installment of robots around the world if you like our show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, CastBox, Player FM, and Podbean. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Behind the Bots, or check out our website at www.behindthebots.com. If you like what you hear, tell a friend. We really appreciate your support. Time for this week's Combat Robotics News. I have 11 news items for you today. First up, BattleBots this week posted a mysterious video of an unnamed vertical disc spinner destroying a pallet in a parking lot in Rancho Cordova, California, writing, quote, with the delay of the 2020 season, some teams who are building for 2021 may get an early chance to fight. We did some poking around and found pretty strong evidence that this unnamed bot is being built by former BattleBots competitor Jason Woods who appeared as a high schooler at BattleBots Season 3 with a middleweight called Rebob, which lost in its first round match against Whiplash builder Jeff Vasquez and DevBot. Uh, Jeff and his family were coincidentally on last week's episode of the show. If you uh, didn't get a chance to check out that interview, absolutely go back and listen to it. It was great. Uh, Jason then returned to BattleBots in 2009 at the high school championship with a middleweight called Slingshot. He has a really interesting background. He's the inventor of the Chimera Bodyboard, an all-electric personal watercraft that appeared twice on Shark Tank, raising half a million dollars from investor Robert Hershevik. Jason did not immediately respond to a request for comments. Kyle, I know you've seen this video. I feel like a lot of people are talking about it. Uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts on this mysterious vertical disc spinner? Um, it's zippy. It obviously hits pretty hard i mean you know like destroying a pallet great i think every battle bot could probably destroy a pallet um but it it was very strange in the sense that it was just a full-on heavyweight that no one knows anything about um so that was yeah that's pretty unheard of you know what i mean like i feel like the community is small enough that if there is a heavyweight being built somewhere yeah people kind of know about it you know yeah yeah. Well, so I, I kind of went down the rabbit hole and it took me about 25 minutes to kind of figure out um, who, I, okay, I'm going to say my caveat is I'm 95% sure that it's Jason Woods. Uh, there's a 5% chance that uh, that I'm wrong. However, uh, you know, 
he, he is connected to Hypershock Captain Will Bales on Facebook. And I reached out to Will and all that Will would say was that he recently became friends with Jason and that Greg Munson had introduced the two of them. So I'd say that's pretty strong evidence, you know? Um, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, Chimera is also based in, um, in Rancho Cor Cordova. And um, by Googling the names of the businesses that were like on the sides of the buildings, I was able to find the exact parking lot in Rancho Cordova where this was shot, um, which is pretty close to the Chimera offices. Um, so, so yeah. Uh, Luke, Luke, you're my favorite crazy person. <laughs> I mean, listen, I mean, when, when, you're, when you see the clues, you want to put them together. So I'm, just, I'm really maps enhance. And hey, <laughs> let me call up this asphalt company and see when the last time they paved was. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I'm blushing a little bit because it sounds crazy, but I'm I was I was you know I, I I love I love to follow a rabbit hole. It's it's good. It's fun. It's just it's it's also so tricky just because there's like there's so many videos lately of people destroying things in parking lots, but usually it's in protest of a mask policy at Target. <laughs> the other day I just saw someone smashing pallets for no reason and then they lit their mask on fire it was crazy I think I think if you step back in and you take a look at the bot itself um, it's clear that somebody somewhere in California has built a fully functional heavyweight vertical spinner it looks interesting I really want to see more detailed photos of it. I'm hoping that that the builder, the unnamed builder, will emerge at some point and post, uh, you know, more photos. It's pretty exciting. Like I, I, I would agree. It's it's rare to see a heavyweight being built in secret in the U.S. and really one builder, Will Bales, knowing about it. Um, so so yeah, go and go and check out Jason. Maybe it's just secretly hijinks. Oh my! God. Oh my God! Don't say. <laughs> oh my God! There it is. Your unnamed spinner hijinks. You called it. You called it last. I time. hate it. Oh my God! Okay, I didn't even consider that. Um, that that didn't even cross my mind. I just assumed that it was a brand new bot. But you know what? You might be right, <laughs> and I hate that you might be right. <laughs> <laughs> like a perfect, like a beautiful mind is just sitting in the shed, connecting strings with photos up on the wall. But here it is; it's been in front of you the whole time. This is our Kaiser. <laughs> this is this is this is a four wheel vertical spinner, and it's called High Drinks. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, I'm gonna have to reach out to Jen and ask her about that. That's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Ray Billings this weekend lent his heavyweight robot to the nonprofit Throwdown Robotics, who displayed Tombstone at a fireworks stand in Rockland, California, inviting people to come down, buy some fireworks, and take a selfie with the bot. Witch Doctor Captain Andrea Galately this week published episode four of the Witch Doctor Junior video series, this time taking viewers through how to assemble the Viper Antweight Combat Robot from Finger Tech Robotics. 
this was a super informative episode. I feel like every single episode I'm learning something new. Um, this week, like my big takeaway, and this was like strange, but like I had never, you know, like we, we've used hex screws like a million times to like build Ikea furniture and um, I don't know, put together combat robots. And I never once like considered the nature of the hex screw or like why it has six sides or anything like that. And uh, watching the video, I learned something new from Andrea. So uh, now I know all about uh, about the purpose of hex screws. She also uh, went into uh, how and where to use zip ties, duct tape, and uh, double-sided tape when you're building uh, your bot. So I'm gonna go back and kind of double check how I built my Viper. Um, Super informative, really, really good video. Check out the latest episode on YouTube. Luke, Luke, wait, recap for us. What did you learn? Why do we use hex screws as opposed to a five-sided screw, for example? Okay, all right, well, uh, listen, a five-sided screw is ridiculous. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm assuming they do exist. No, um, so the more sides that like a screw has, the greater torque that you're able to apply to it um, versus like um, like a four-sided or a Phillips head or whatever, um, they don't uh, hold things quite as securely um, because you can't exert like as much force um, as, as you can with a, with a hex screw. Super interesting, right? Like I never even considered like my, question my reality of, of hex screws, you know? <laughs> I love it, perfect. I'm going to come up with the 25-sided screw, and then, then that, that's it. <laughs> Let's see someone try to do 26. I dare him. Longtime Robot Wars competitor Jason Marston is testing out a new app from the organizers of Extreme Robots that will allow him to drive his heavyweight Axbot Thor over the internet from his home roughly 75 miles away. Extreme Robot says during this exhibition event, Thor will hopefully destroy a washing machine. Check out details on the group's website, www.realthingsplayed.online. You'd really think that it would be a hammer bot. A hammer bot instead of an axe bot. Is that right? It's named Thor. Oh, that's true. Yep. That's yep. true. Mjolnir, you, Mjolnir's always like depicted as a hammer, right? Slamo Captain Craig Danby is continuing his series of garage test videos, this time hoisting more than 700 pounds into the air with ease. Craig says that particular configuration is designed for super heavyweight walker bots like Chomp. An update now to a story we've been following for the past month. Robot illustrator Caleb Kempson has published page five of his comic book, where, spoiler alert, Nellie the Elliebot splits Scorpios in two, earning a knockout and reclaiming its title as wheel-eating champion of the world. I am loving Caleb's comic book style and can't wait to see more. Speaking of Scorpios, the team this week posted new drive video of their bot zipping around a dusty parking lot. The team confirmed the 2020 version of Scorpios will indeed be faster than previous iterations of the bot, capable of a top speed of 12 miles per hour. They're also bringing two complete bots to the competition this year. Speaking of dusty test drives, Sharko Captain Ed Robinson posted test drive video of his new and improved Shark Theme Crusher bot driving outside in the California desert. He writes that this is the first time he's been able to drive Sharko since it was put in storage three months ago. Chris, did you get a chance to watch this video? It's pretty, uh, pretty spectacular. He took on a cactus and then uh, <laughs> punted armadillo about 300 yards. 
That's true. That's true. Yeah. It is wild to see battle bots in the desert. I can actually picture, uh, like, uh, you know, if you ever do a, a season in extreme locations in the salt flats, you know, where, like, maybe there's an open quarter-mile patch where bots would fight. That'd be super cool. Like, you could smash together, like, real things play dot online, like, their app with outdoor battle bots. The builders and the audience inside of a box, and then everything else happened outside of the box. I love it. <laughs> oh. You're blowing my mind, yeah. It's like, a, it's like the nightclub where the inside is the outside, and the outside is the inside. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. The team behind the Stealth Bomber-inspired Undercutter Valkyrie is publishing a series of videos showing off their bot's generative design under a CNC machine made by New Hampshire-based Datron Dynamics. As you'll recall, the team has used generative design in the past to build their massive weapons discs. Now they're applying those same principles to their frame, allowing them to cut weight while maintaining maximum strength. On over to California, where the heavyweight puncher bot Tantrum is adding fire to its design. The team posted a teaser video this week of them driving a flame-resistant cabinet into place in their garage. I reached out to the team to learn more, and they told me they're adding flamethrowers to their fists this year, which will double as part of the bot's new self-writing mechanism. Flamethrower slash self-writer, pretty awesome. Kyle, I know that you uh, you love this design. Uh, what, what what do you think about this uh, this flamethrowing uh, Sremek? Uh, flamethrowing Sremek, thank you for using all of the awesome terms. Um, I love it, man. This thing is super cool. He gets to raise the roof and um, set the house on fire at the same time. This is going to be such a fun robot to watch this year. I think it's great that um, Aaron and the team are looking to have a little bit more fun with their design, a little bit more fun with the robot. Uh, yeah, I love everything about it. I, I like that. I don't like that the giant hoses are gone from the original rendering. If you were if you were on the supporters page, there were these like giant hoses that went around to the fists uh, that kind of came off the robot and looked ridiculous. They kind of looked like I don't know if anybody here reads comic books, but they looked like Bane when he's hooked up mm. to his venom machine. Um, but the, those seem to be gone because well, they're wholeheartedly impractical. So. It is what it is. And finally, the captain of Team Double Jeopardy has come out with his latest mixed drink, a black and red cocktail inspired by the new heavyweight Malice. The drink features Jim Beam Black Bourbon, DeKuyper Apricot Brandy, Troublemaker Red Blend Wine, muddled strawberries, and garnished with strawberry bunny ears after Team Captain Bunny Sariel. And that's it for this week's news. After the break, we'll return with this week's installment of Robots Around the World. Welcome back from the break. Time for Robots Around the World. This week, we're featuring two stories from the wider world of robotics. First up, we're traveling to the southern Chinese city of Foshan, where a robotics company recently launched a massive restaurant run entirely by robots. The restaurant can seat nearly 600 people who place their orders from robotic servers and communicate with robotic chefs to deliver dishes in as little as 20 seconds, which uh, it you know seems a little sketchy. 
There are 200 items on the menu, with some robots, like a self-contained, self-service hamburger machine, serving food 24 hours per day. So, uh, I guess now, you know, if you're worried about COVID, if you're worried about someone sneezing into your food or something, just go to the, the robot cafe. Uh, <laughs> is it something that you would, uh, you would choose to, to, to do? This is exactly up my, my alley. This is, this is totally in line with my interests. I would love to go to a completely robotic restaurant. Um, looking at photos of this, the restaurant is massive and um, it's broken up into to different areas. Um, and I, I just love the entire concept. Um, they were saying that they had this noodle making robot that can make 120 servings of noodles every hour. So it's like a bowl of noodles every 30 seconds and super precise. Um, yeah, I just, I, I, I'm fascinated by the, these types of places and um, can't wait to get one near me. <laughs> In before these darn robots are taking all of our jobs. Well, that was, that was where I was going next. So I'm, I'm you know, glad you got there first. <laughs> I think this should be the <laughs> be the very first instance ever in the history of mankind where a robot filed a restraining order against a human like if a karen came in to speak to the manager um i i do wonder though if like you uh you know have food that you, you don't like can you tell the robot that you want to speak to its manager i mean i guess but like what would they do change the, co the source code <laughs> promise to grease its parts and better lubricate the robot. I don't know what you would do. But so there's another story also food related. This one takes place in Northern California's wine country uh, where guests staying at the hotel trio can order wine delivered to their rooms by Rose, the robot, a four and a half foot tall room service robot made by Silicon Valley startup Savvy Oak. The robot is also capable of bringing you snacks, towels, and other room service items. But uh, we all know that you're really there for the rosé. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. I, I am such not a wine person that I really thought it was going with like a Rosie the Riveter reference until you were like, rosé, they're there for the rosé, Kyle. Pay attention. <laughs> uh, I'm very uncultured. I apologize. I mean, it would be cool if it was a Rosie the Riveter, like, themed robot. But this one, actually, it just kind of looks like uh, any, there, there's, like, no um, visual distinction. It's just kind of like a, um, like a box, which is, I feel like a missed opportunity for a Rosé robot. <laughs> you can, like, make it goofy. You can, like, really kind of go goofy with it, but... Uh, I guess, you know, I guess they have time to get there. Yeah, I mean, it looks like it's an air purifier. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even pink. Hello, would you would you like a glass of Chardonnay and for your room to smell like ozone? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's about it for us today. We'll be back in your feed next Wednesday with another mystery guest, maybe? <laughs> we'll see you then, folks. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.